your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 314 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And the Rangers coming off just a 9-0. They squeaked by last night, a 9-0 drubbing of the Philadelphia Flyers. The same Philadelphia Flyers team that they lost to in overtime just two nights prior. Just a complete butt-kicking last night. One of those nights where everybody contributes. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from the Rangers because they played great. They were opportunistic. A lot of guys got involved. Uh, The Ranger penalty kill finally shut down the Flyers. I mean, the Flyers only had two power play chances. But still, it was nice to see the Rangers penalty kill finally... uh, get the upper hand on the only team that it had not had the upper hand against this entire season. Uh, you got Alex Georgiev bouncing back, but it must be said the Flyers were absolutely and hilariously terrible in this game. This is the worst game that any team has played against the Rangers all season, and this is a conclusion that I came to when the score was 5 nothing. because at that point, uh, Mika Zibanejad, that was when he stole the puck while the Rangers were shorthanded, went in on a breakaway and scored, and we're going to talk about Mika in just a second here too, but at that moment, the score went to 5 nothing, and I, I said, you know, I was texting my parents because they're both uh, Ranger fans, and they were watching the game last night too, but I said, the Rangers have been great tonight. But the Flyers have just been hilariously terrible. But yeah, let's not talk a second longer without mentioning Mika Zibanejad and just the absolutely incredible night that he had last night. He comes up with six points. All six of them happened in the second period. That ties an NHL record. Just obviously a tremendously impressive game for Mika Zibanejad, the shoe-in number one star of the game. I would actually, to compare it to the five-goal performance that he had last year, because I know those comparisons are inevitably going to come up here. Obviously, both just uh, basically historic performances. There's no other way to say it. I would put the five-goal performance slightly in front of this one, simply because in the five-goal game, that was a really competitive game between the Rangers and Capitals, and just a completely wild game. The Rangers needed all five of Mika Zibanejad's goals to win that game, and indeed, he got the game winner in overtime in that game. As for this game last night, I mean, again, fantastic performance. Take absolutely nothing away from Mika Zibanejad. We've been waiting for this. I'm sure Mika Zibanejad himself has been waiting for this. Mika needed a performance like this. The only reason I put it slightly below the five-goal performance is because the Flyers basically quit in this game. Doesn't make it any less impressive. I mean, again, he had a natural hat trick, and whatever you call it when there are three consecutive assists on three consecutive goals, a natural assist trick. I don't know. But the bottom line is, in one period, Mika Zibanejad assisted on three consecutive goals, then scored three consecutive goals of his own. I mean, it really is a performance for the ages. And I don't care what the opposition is doing or, or, you know, how good or how bad they are. And that's not to say the Flyers are a terrible team. You know, they're ahead of the Rangers in the standings. They've overall had a solid season, although they have struggled recently. They are down to fifth place. But yeah, I mean, to do that at any level of hockey against any quality of opponent, uh, just truly an amazing performance from Mika Zibanejad. 
I don't think we're going to break down all nine goals for the Rangers because that would basically just be this entire episode and so much happened. But I think we at least, I at least got to sit here and give some props to Mika Zibanejad. It's been tough sledding for him this season. Let's at least give him credit for this uh, this natural hat trick that he had and take you guys through all three of these goals that he scored here. Of course, Mika's three goals turned a 5 nothing lead into an 8 nothing lead. And on the first one, it actually happened while the Rangers were shorthanded. The Flyers win an offensive zone draw, but the defenseman basically falls all over himself, coughs up the puck, and Mika's going the opposite way on a breakaway. And one of my favorite parts about this play, I mean, Mika put a great move on the goalie and he finished, and we'll talk about that in just a second as well. But I think one of my favorite aspects of this play is that Pavel Buchnevich joined Mika in the rush. He was kind of trailing him, but Buchnevich didn't really have anything to do. Ideally, if it's 2-0, and you'd like both guys to kind of be parallel with each other, and obviously you can do a little bit of give and go and hopefully convert on a 2-0 two-on-o opportunity. But in this case, you know, Buchnevich wasn't going to be able to catch up to Mika, but he was, he basically just trailed him. He basically just followed Mika up the center of the ice and presumably was waiting to, you know, potentially put in a rebound if, uh, if Carter Hart had been able to stop the shot by Mika's advantage but Mika made that a moot point. He just put a nice move on Hart and did something a little bit different on this breakaway. He kind of faked going to the backhand, brought it to the forehand, and then just tucked it inside the post between uh, the post and Carter Hart's outstretched pad. And that was nice to see Mika go a little bit deeper into the bag of tricks because we've talked about on here, he's been stoned a couple of times on some breakaway opportunities this season. And in the past, we've kind of marveled at how he always seems to use that same move where he goes in with a bunch of speed, pulls the puck to his backhand, and then just roofs it. But this season, and this even happened against the Flyers earlier this year, it looks like those goalies kind of know that that move is coming. So it was nice to see Mika uh, try something a little bit different here and obviously convert on his breakaway opportunity. And we're just getting started here. We are going to talk about the rest of this incredible night for the Rangers and the rest of Mika Zibanejad's uh, two goals that obviously gave him the hat trick. We will do that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, high protein, low sugar, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut marshmallow versus peanut butter. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at BuiltBar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, let's go ahead and get back to uh, Mika Zibanejad's hat trick here again. Now, you know, I don't think we're going to talk about all nine goals in this game, but we got to give Mika Zibanejad his due here. He's been under a microscope the entire season. Uh, rightfully so. He's a great player who, for the most part, had underperformed uh, prior to last night. He's shown flashes here and there, but we were looking for that kind of game where he just explodes, and we got it last night, including this play. The Rangers now are on the power play, and Artemi Panarin gains entry into the fire zone, basically just right up the center of the ice. He dishes to his right to Mika Zibanejad. Zabanjad goes in. He's moving to his left, and I don't know, Carter Hart kind of started to slide across the goal crease, maybe thinking that Mika was going to look for that backhand, but instead he brings it to his forehand, flips it over the glove of Carter Hart and scores, and that's his second goal of the night, and just like that, the Rangers are up 7 to nothing. and this is what we talked about in a recent episode with Artemi Panarin, because obviously the Rangers missed him tremendously when he was out, but we talked about in the game against the Bruins, the most recent uh, win for the Rangers against the Boston Bruins, at least prior to last night's win. When Panarin has the puck, everybody on the other team is just kind of hesitant. There's a certain nervousness, a certain anxiety. Use whatever word you want to use, but it's noticeable when Artemi Panarin has the puck. It's especially true, like we said, on the power play, where everybody's kind of like, oh, God, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Is he going to shoot? Is he going to pass? What's going to happen? And you saw that here. Now, Panarin wasn't necessarily in his office like he was, uh, you know, in some of these other examples that we used, but basically, he just went right up the center of the ice, and you could see the Flyers were were backing away from him. Nobody tried to contest his entry into the zone, and everybody, all four penalty killers, kind of converged toward the center of the ice, and Mika Zibanejad was left wide open. So Panarin dishes to his right, and Zibanejad's got a wide-open path to the net, and obviously he takes advantage of it, scoring what I would say was his most impressive goal of the night. I mean, they were all impressive, and again, Mika Zibanejad had a phenomenal night. But as far as just Mika Zibanejad showing what he can do, I think this was it right here, you know, making it look like he was going to carry the puck across the crease, and then instead uh, just putting the puck to his forehand, lifting it over the glove of Carter Hart, and uh, just making it look easy. I suppose, you know, the other goal, the one right before this, that could be kind of a challenger to this as far as uh, Mika Zibanejad's most beautiful goal of the night, but I would give the slight edge to this one, uh, this power play goal here set up by Artemi Panarin. And then for the third goal, the hat-trick completing goal, if you will, for Mika Zibanejad, there's a pass to Pavel Buchnevich in the neutral zone, and Buchnevich basically just chips the puck ahead to Mika Zibanejad. Mika gains entry, just going right up the center of the ice, passes to his left to Chris Kreider, and then Mika starts moving toward the net. Kreider finds him. Beautiful pass from Kreider, puts it right on the tape, and Mika just tips the puck into the net. 8 nothing Rangers late in the second period at that point, and obviously by now the route has long since been on, but a great play by Pavel Buchnevich on this as well. I mean, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, uh, both the play that he made here and his overall night. They both kind of get lost in the shuffle. Uh, but Buchnevich with a nice job just kind of chipping the puck ahead, getting it to Mika Zibanejad. And his night in general, again, Pavel Buchnevich last night had two goals and two assists, and you almost kind of forget about that a little bit just because this Mika Zibanejad performance was just completely unreal, and it's something that he obviously needed, and we've been paying such close attention to Mika Zibanejad anyway. It's easy to kind of miss the fact that Pavel Buchnevich, yeah, he had two goals and two assists last night, and he's now up to 26 points in 27 games for the Rangers this season. And so, yeah, Pavel Buchnevich, uh basically right on the cusp of being a point-per-game player. I mean, he's right there. Maybe he can complete that this season. It would be pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, just a complete breakout season for Pavel Buchnevich. There's really no other way to say it. Uh, by far, his best season as a New York Rangers. And he's always shown flashes of this, but the inconsistency is what's kind of led to his uh, kind of underwhelming, not necessarily underwhelming, but numbers that maybe weren't quite as good as they could have been. He just he goes through these lulls in previous seasons with the Rangers where he's just not the most visible player. He just kind of does his disappearing act for six, eight, ten games, whatever it might be. But this season, I mean, you're really seeing none of that. He's very visible every time he's on the ice, and 
that's just awesome to see because I think a lot of us Ranger fans have kind of been waiting for this from Pavel Buchnevich, and he is breaking out in a big, big way this season. Mika, by the way, becomes just the second player in NHL history to record six points in a single period. He joins Brian Trochier as the only other player to do so. And he also became the first player in the history of the New York Rangers franchise to record a natural hat trick with a even strength goal, a power play goal, and a shorthanded goal. One of all three. And the first player to do so since Rene Bork, then playing on the Calgary Flames, did so on December 28th, 2009 against the Edmonton Oilers. And of course, the Rangers accomplished everything that they accomplished last night without their typical coaching staff. None of the Ranger coaches were available in last night's game. And so the Rangers end up with uh, Chris Knobloch, who is the head coach of the Hartford Wolfpack. He serves as the acting head coach for the Rangers last night. And Gordon Murphy, who is also an assistant coach with the Wolfpack, he served as an assistant coach, acting assistant coach, with the New York Rangers last night. And Chris Drury, to my knowledge, Chris Drury has not done uh, any actual coaching in the NHL or the AHL, but he steps in as an assistant coach last night. He, of course, is the general manager of the Hartford Wolfpack. He also has been the assistant general manager for the New York Rangers over the past few seasons, and then this past February, just last month, in fact, Jury was promoted to associate general manager of the New York Rangers. So to my knowledge, I believe that was the first uh, either NHL or AHL game of any kind that Jury has coached. But that was obviously cool to see. It's something that I'm sure these players didn't expect, but they adjusted on the fly. And from what I understand, it sounds like Chris Knobloch and David Quinn were in contact basically all day. Not physical contact, obviously, because Quinn and the rest of the Ranger coaching staff are on the COVID protocol list. But it sounds like they were in constant contact either through Zoom meetings or over the phone or whatever it might have been. But Quinn basically, you know, gave the game plan to Knobloch and Knobloch basically just ran it as Quinn would have liked. We'll just have to wait and see if there are any updates with the New York Ranger coaching staff. But the Rangers are going to be busy. They've got they play on Friday, they play on Saturday and they play on Monday. They've got two away games at the Washington Capitals. Both games start at 7 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. They are obviously off tonight. Thursday. Uh, they're off on Sunday, and then on Monday, going to be in action at home against the Buffalo Sabres, also at 7 o'clock. So we'll just have to wait and see if the usual Ranger coaches are available or not, but if not, I would imagine they would just go with the same coaches that they went with for this game. I mean, I think options are kind of limited, and hey, by the way, the Rangers just won this game 9 to nothing. So uh, yeah, if the Ranger coaches... The normal coaches aren't available. I, I fully expect you to just see the same coaching staff uh, for this game on Friday against the Washington Capitals. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS leagues. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Besides Mika, I think somebody else who really needed to have a big performance for the Rangers last night was Alex Georgiev, because as we all know, he's been shaky lately. He's actually been pulled out of his last two starts in favor of Keith Kincaid, so he needed a nice bounce-back performance, needed to get a win last night, and he did all that, and obviously, he got a ton of help. But Alex Georgiev also made what I think might have been the best save that we have seen any New York Ranger goalie make this season, and again, it happened in this 9 nothing drubbing, so it's easy for it to get lost in the shuffle, but be that as it may, the Rangers are up 4-0 at the time. It's the second period. The Flyers are on the power play, and they're looking like they're on the verge of scoring a really nice tic-tac-toe goal, you know, pass from the blue line in deep, and another quick pass across the crease there. But Georgiev basically, like, dives, lunges, slides, whatever you want to call it. He moves very fast to his left, fully extends his left pad, and gets a piece of the shot with his skate to kick it away. Just a fantastic save. Obviously, a shutout-preserving save, and then he indeed does go on to get the 26-save shutout. Other than that save, I mean, this was not the kind of night where Alex Georgiev was standing on his head for the entire evening, but whatever. You know what? It's still a shutout. He still did a nice job. He was still there when the Rangers needed him, and a great job by these Ranger players because they gave him all the help he could possibly have asked for going into this game. I mean, Georgiev, in his post-game comments, was kind of just marveling at what the Rangers were doing as far as scoring all these goals is concerned. He talked about how, you know, he just looks to play net. He doesn't try to think too much about how many goals are being scored by the Rangers, but at a certain point, I mean, he's only human. He's just just like the rest of us. You have to just marvel at the uh, offensive fireworks that the Rangers showed last night. But obviously, a tremendous bounce-back performance for Alex Georgiev. And really, I mean, he's got to be the guy between now and whenever Igor Shosturkin comes back. Igor Shosturkin still listed his day-to-day. As we've talked about on here, day-to-day can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And it is a nice story with Keith Kincaid. You know, he's kind of... Uh, breathed a little bit of new life into his career after basically falling apart the last couple seasons with the Devils and last season with the Canadians being waived and sent down to the AHL. So it's cool that he's kind of stepped in and other than this last game against the Flyers, played pretty well for the Rangers. But to me, it's still Alex Georgiev's job as long as Igor Sesterkin is injured. And when Igor comes back, I fully expect that Alex Georgiev will remain the number two goalie for this New York Ranger team. The Rangers have more invested in Alex Georgiev than they do in Keith Kincaid. Kincaid's there for organizational depth, and presumably he's there so that the Rangers can expose a goalie to the Kraken in the expansion draft. But Georgiev, he's got a big role for this team. We've talked about how the role of the backup goalie has expanded in recent seasons, and Alex Georgiev, look, Igor Shesterkin, even when he's healthy again, he's not going to play all of them, so the Rangers need to get some better play out of Alex Georgiev, and they indeed got that last night. Once again, Alex Georgiev with a 26-save shutout for the Rangers. What are some other fun stats from this game last night? Well, first of all, 12 different Rangers got onto the score sheet, which when you think about it, when you score nine goals, that almost kind of sounds like a low total, but you know what? Who cares? This was an awesome night for the Rangers, and uh, we'll kind of just run through everybody who had a multiple point night here. I think everybody kind of deserves a little bit of a shout out. You've got Artemi Panarin with a goal and an assist. Ryan Strom had two assists. Pavel Buchnevich, we already talked about him, but two goals and two assists. Mika Zibanejad, obviously the natural hat trick and the natural assist trick as well. He ends up with six points, all of them occurring in the second period for a new NHL record. And Jacob Truba, a goal and an assist 
for his first goal of the season, actually. And you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about Jacob Truba's first goal of the season here as well. So Mika Zibanejad carries the puck into the attacking zone. It's a two-on-one, him and Artemi Panarin. And the Flyer defenseman actually made a pretty nice play, which sounds weird saying that because the Flyers were just abysmal when it comes to their defensive play last night. But he went down to the ice and somehow took away the shot and the pass from Mika Zibanejad. So what does Mika do? Carries the puck across the goal line, kind of back behind the net, looks back, to, you know, his left and finds Jacob Truba, passes to Truba. Truba winds up, blasts the puck home. Once again, his first goal of the season. That goal made the score 5 to nothing in favor of the Rangers, and obviously they were off to the races at that point. But uh, nice to see Jacob Truba crack the score sheet here and once again get his first goal of the season. Let's talk about some fun plus-minus stats from last night as well. So if Mika's a banjad, this is very interesting to me because he had three goals and three assists. The Rangers obviously shut out the Flyers, so you think, okay, plus six for the night, right? He's actually listed as a plus five. So the only explanation here is that on Pavel Buchnevich's second goal of the night, this is the goal that made the score four to nothing, obviously in favor of the Rangers, Mika must have left the ice before the goal was scored because on that one, he came away with the secondary assist, Jacob Trubo with the primary assist, and then obviously Buchnevich scored the goal. So Mika must have left the ice before uh, before that puck went into the net. And so uh, he obviously does not get credit for a plus there as far as his plus minus is concerned. But Pavel Buchnevich, also a plus five for the Rangers. Chris Kreider was a plus three. Jacob Truba and Ke'Andre Miller were both a plus four. Ryan Lindgren was a plus three. And then this is kind of funny for the Flyers. Philip Myers and Travis Sanheim were each a minus six on the night for the Flyers. That is just a disastrous outing. And uh, as a lot of people were saying after this game, if you're the Flyers, there's nothing to do but burn the game tape. But if you're the Rangers, I mean, first and foremost, as Ranger fans, we all hope that this is the kind of performance that sparks them, really gets them rolling. They go into these two games against Washington with a lot of confidence. Maybe they can knock off the Capitals twice. I realize that is far Far easier said than done, but you get the idea. You're hoping that this is something that sparks the Rangers, really gets them rolling, really gets them to finally take off this season and find that consistency. I know not too long ago they won six out of eight games, but then they followed that up by losing three in a row, so hopefully this is when they truly, truly get rolling. But on the flip side of that, you also hope that this is like a really, really damaging loss for the Flyers because as we've talked about on here, the Flyers are one of the teams that the Rangers are trying to track down in the standings. And in fact, after last night's game, the Flyers have 31 points. They are in fifth place. The Rangers have 28 points. They are in sixth place. So, you know, the Flyers, they weren't playing so great coming into this game to begin with. They've only won four out of their last 10. And you just kind of hope that this sends them into a tailspin because the Rangers, they got five really good teams in front of them. They're going to have to jump some of them. And you just hope that this is a kind of lost that if you're the Flyers, it, it makes you doubt yourself and maybe it makes the front office doubt the team that they've put together. Maybe the Flyers were looking to add some pieces at the upcoming trade deadline and maybe a loss like this and we'll see what they do after this. I mean, look, they, they could turn it around and win their next three, four, five in a row. Who knows what's going to happen for sure. But if this indeed sends the Flyers into a little bit of a tailspin, then maybe the Flyer front office, maybe they not only do they not look to add pieces at the trade deadline, maybe they look to sell. And then just like that, the Flyers become a uh, much more catchable division rival for the Rangers than they would be if they were adding pieces at the trade deadline. So you hope, if you're a Ranger fan, that this has a long-lasting negative effect on the Philadelphia Flyers and that the Rangers sooner or later can jump them in the standings. And then you only got to catch one out of the other four teams, whether it's the Bruins, Penguins, Islanders, or Capitals. So yeah, I mean, hopefully, again, that this is a very... Very damaging loss for the Philadelphia Flyers.
couple other notes from this game. Obviously, Adam Fox and Pavel Buchnevich made their return to the lineup last night. They only missed the one game after being added to the COVID protocol list. Phil DiGiuseppe is still out, still on the list. We'll see what happens with him. We'll see if there's any updates in the coming days. Be nice to get him back. But one thing I talked about in the most recent episode before today is the idea of Colin Blackwell remaining on the Rangers' second line even after Pavel Buchnevich comes back to the lineup. And Buchnevich came back sooner than I was anticipating. But what they did, they had Kako on the top line in Buchnevich's absence. But now that Buchnevich is back, they dropped Kako down to the third line alongside Philip Hedl and Alexi Lafreniere. I really like that they left Blackwell on the second line. Blackwell had an assist last night, but he's just been the more noticeable and seemingly more dangerous player on the ice than Capo Kako so far this season. And I realize points aren't everything, but you know we are basically at the halfway point of the season. We're 27 games in, and Blackwell has done better with his opportunities to play alongside guys like Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin than Capo Caco has. And I realize the Rangers, we talked about this yesterday too, they have more invested long-term in Capo Caco than they do in Colin Blackwell. But be that as it may, the Rangers have to win games and they have to go with the lineups that give them the best opportunity to do so. So I really like the fact that Colin Blackwell got to remain on the second line with the Rangers in last night's game. And then we also have to talk about Julian Gauthier was the healthy scratch. Obviously, Pavel Buchnevich comes back to the lineup. He's not going to be a healthy scratch, so somebody has to come out of the lineup. And uh, the more obvious choices, I think, were Gauthier and uh, Brett Howden. But Gauthier, I mean, given the fact that he took eight penalty minutes against the Flyers in the most recent game, yeah, I, I don't know that he was going to survive that as far as David Quinn is concerned. I mean, Gauthier, it feels like it's been an uphill battle to get ice time, to not be a healthy scratch, to, uh, you know, be in a top nine role. And so, you know, you give David Quinn, and I, I realize David Quinn wasn't there yesterday, but he was still calling the shots from afar. If you give David Quinn a reason to pull you out of the lineup, if you're Julian Gauthier, he's probably going to do it. So that's what it was. Uh, Brett Howden was back in there. Howden actually got an assist. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really fault David Quinn for this. My long-term preference is Julian Gauthier over Brett Howden. But given the fact, again, that Gauthier is coming off a game where he took eight penalty minutes, yeah, he wasn't going to survive that and remain in the lineup for the next game for the Rangers. Tarmo Reunanen was also a healthy scratch. And again, it's kind of unfortunate because I think he played fairly well in his first game. He wasn't out there for a ton of time, but he looked pretty comfortable. He looked like he belonged. He picked up a primary assist on a goal by Artemi Panarin in the prior game against the Flyers, but Adam Fox is coming back. Somebody's got to come out of the lineup. I think the only other two candidates were probably Brennan Smith and maybe Libor Hayek, but Hayek has played well this season overall. I want him out there. I want him to get more NHL action and get comfortable and just hopefully continue to improve. And as for Brennan Smith, I mean, he's played pretty well recently, and he actually led the Rangers by quite a bit last night. He had 22 minutes and one second of ice time. Not that long ago, I actually floated out the idea that Adam Fox might go on to lead the Rangers in time on the ice in every single game for the rest of the season. I kind of forgot to take into account the fact that there could be a blowout like this. And so I'm sure David Quinn, or in this case, Chris Knobloch, realized that, hey, you know, we're up by six goals. We're up by seven goals. We're up by eight goals. We're up by nine goals. This might be the kind of game where it might make sense to give Adam Fox a little bit of a breather. I don't think you need to run him into the ground and have him out there for 27, 28, 29 minutes or whatever it might be uh, in a game where you're obviously dominating. You're obviously going to get the win. So yeah, cool to see Brennan Smith uh, get a lot of ice time last night. And, and again, Tarmo Reunanen, it would have been cool to see him get an encore after he played fairly well in his first game, but he's just kind of the odd man out. I can't fault the Ranger coaching staff for this. I think it probably only made sense for Rayunin to uh, to sit this one out for the Rangers. Something else that might sort of uh, interest you guys a little bit as far as the record books are concerned, obviously Chris Knobloch made his NHL head coaching debut last night, but unfortunately it 
does not go into the books as a win for Chris Knobloch because he's not the interim head coach. He's simply the acting head coach. So I believe this counts as a win for David Quinn. It would have been cool to see Chris Knobloch uh, awarded a win here. Obviously, look, he coached the team last night, right? He was the guy on the bench. He was the one uh, calling the shots during the game. I'm sure if David Quinn could, he would happily bestow this win upon Chris Knobloch. But uh, alas, uh, he doesn't get credit for it. It does not go into the record books as a win for Chris Knobloch, nor for Chris Jury or Gordon Murphy, because all of them are just acting coaches in this game last night. They are not interim coaches. So, I mean, that's going to pretty much do it for today. One other announcement that I saw during the game last night, actually, is that the NWHL is going to resume play with its semifinals and its finals, its championship game, on March 26th and March 27th, respectively. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Hopefully those games can go off without a hitch. They obviously had to pause the season. But it looks like the semifinals are set. You're going to have the top-seeded Toronto Six taking on the four-seeded Boston Pride in one semifinal matchup. And then in the other semifinal matchup, you'll have the Minnesota Whitecaps taking on the Connecticut Whale. The Connecticut Whale play in Danbury literally five minutes from where I live. So that's my team. Go Whale. And uh, those two semifinal matchups, like we said, going to be happening on March 26th. The Isabel Cup Championship game will be happening on March 27th. And we'll definitely talk a little bit about all of those games uh, on this podcast. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, I hope you all enjoyed that game last night. It was one of the most relaxing, stress-free third periods that you will ever see in an NHL hockey game rooting for these New York Rangers. Uh, a much-needed performance, once again, for Mika Zibanejad, and also, to a lesser extent, uh, for Alex Georgiev. Although, Georgiev, you know what? He needed a big game as well. You know, that was big for him. And just great to see so many... New York Rangers contribute to this wins. Now, let's make it count, and let's go into D.C. and take care of the Washington Capitals. Again, I realize that's going to be much easier said than done, but the Rangers will play back-to-back -back games against the Washington Capitals this Friday as well as this Saturday. Both games start at 7 o'clock, and again, it's going to be much easier said than done handling the Capitals because they have won six in a row and nine out of their last ten. So we'll have to wait and see how it goes, but hopefully the Rangers can go in there, put their best foot forward, and come away with, let's say, at least three points, and preferably all four. But uh, yeah, the Rangers, they got to make their move sooner or later because we're about to hit the halfway point of the season. And there's a lot of quality teams in front of them in the standings, and they're going to have to jump a couple of them if they're going to work their way back into the playoffs. So, yep, that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you for tuning in. And if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.